Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. As ever, we are reacting today because Man United are not playing football for a month. Cristiano Ronaldo was going to play football for Portugal at the World Cup. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the fallout uh, from his two-part interview with Piers Morgan. Rob, we did say uh, on Tuesday's show that we would do another show about this because uh, we were talking about it before with all the clips that we had to hand, and now we've seen the full thing. So, Rob, are you okay? How are you doing? Yes, I'm fine. I think like everyone else, like all Man United fans and journalists, we've been obviously watching this story unravel and develop with all the tidbits and all the teasers on social media. But now we've got the full story, so we're we're going to conclude it ourselves and wrap it and go through the last parts of this Ronaldo interview. But I, I'm now starting feeling, obviously, like everyone else got, kind of fatigued by it. Like, I know it's only been this week, but you kind of go through it and you think, was all of this necessary on anyone's part? And as I said, I think the only person that comes out of this with any kudos or anything that who might feel good about it it's probably Piers Morgan. So I don't even think Ronaldo can feel particularly great about some of the stuff he said. But of course, we'll break it all down today uh, and we'll give you our opinion on it. There's too much to talk about. I mean, I've, I've tried to put some notes together for the show today to give you a running order, but I think we're just honestly going to just... There's there's so much to unpack here. There's yeah. the Ronaldo... Uh, obviously, the Ronaldo comments, the Ten Hag part. Uh, we touched on his comments on the Glazers the other day. There's a number of personal or like things, I guess things that we learned about the man himself. Uh, there's the comments on Wayne Rooney, which there's a Rooney, Wayne Rooney response as well, which we might get into quite early on. Cause I think that, I think that comment, even though it wasn't a direct uh, comment, he, he, Rooney and the rats, he said, or and the rest of the rats, which is just, a, that's really just awful. To hear from him. Wayne Rooney's responded to that. We'll talk about how Man United react to this as well. Uh, we would like to see decisive action, Rob and I. Man United, perhaps not the most decisive club we've ever seen, uh, but maybe things have changed. Maybe they will do things differently. Uh, before we get into it, though, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And you can usually watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, but in just this is going to be the final show before the World Cup. So I think. We're going to be a little less regular. I'm not entirely sure yet when we'll be back, but it won't be for too long because uh, I will be out in Qatar from this weekend. So head over to the channel, like, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment as well on what you think of Ronaldo and all of this kerfuffle. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. Follow us on Twitter as well, if it still exists, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob <laughs> underscore B, and at Promise and MU, the show. Uh, we do have... Laugh. <laughs> we do have other social platforms, I think, but Twitter is the main one that I use. But RIP Twitter is trending as we record this. So we'll see. Uh, Rob, what is happening then? What 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 is your takeaway? Let's do a general sit back, do a general sum, 
summary of how you feel after this? Uh, we live in a time, don't we, where adults behave like children publicly and get some credit for it. You know, feelings, let me let my feelings out and and that's okay. Well, yeah, of course we want to hear about people's feelings, don't we? We want to know how people feel, but can you at least make it coherent? I think that's quite important, isn't it? So I've kind of looked at all of this with a broader lens, Scott, and kind of thought, you know, why is this actually happening? You know, what, what, what's triggered these things? And I wish I could say here today that, yeah, it's about the Glazer ownership and it's about Manchester United being so poorly run for 15 years. And Cristiano thought, you know what, I'm going to stand up for my club. I love my club and I'm going to do this. But my God, some of the stuff that he actually said and the way he phrased it and the way he put it out there, it's very deliberate. So I, I think a lot of this felt very scripted. It wasn't shooting from the hip. Let me just talk to a journalist, was it? There was a lot of scripting in there and also Piers Morgan leading the questions like, Eric Ten Hag's really treated you badly, Cristiano. Yes, he has. It's kind of stunk, didn't it? So as a broad kind of piece of media, I think, as I said in the last show, it will live forever. Like people will watch this on YouTube forever, billions of times, and people will refer back to this moment consistently the moment where Cristiano Ronaldo lost his marbles on camera because I think that's what this is I think Cristiano has definitely got some gripes that are valid but his reasoning and the way that he kind of put it forward whether that be about not playing games talking about coaches that press talking about previous coaches including Ole and Ranić, the Glazers all of it was incoherent and I just wish Scott that he'd actually thought about it a little bit more because I'm sure this this interview has been in the planning for a long time. But overall, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in football. I think we talked about it the other day, Robin. Like I don't know whether I think you agreed with this. It's the most. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen an employed footballer do. Let alone, yeah. you know, in terms of like his relationship with the club. Obviously, um, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen an employed footballer do. Speaking out against his own club, I mean, there are people, there are United fans, there are Ronaldo fans who've wanted him to do that. Um, but it's it's so self the self importance is just obvious. I mean, I can't. There's so much to unpack here that it, there's no way he can stay at United any longer than this. He's criticised legends. He's criticised that his teammates. We haven't even talked about that part yet. Yeah, uh, the young players and the different generation. I see Anthony Alang has actually responded to it as well. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Rooney to start with, shall we? Because I think this is the this is the thing really that shocked me most. I guess to because we we kind of knew what was coming, didn't we? Like the, the, a lot of the clips that came out before it before it aired to promote it, uh, Eric Ten Hag, the Glazer family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, we knew about. But there was like a passing comment where uh, he was asked about criticism from Wayne Rooney. Well, it wasn't even that bad, by the way. This is, Rooney was just telling the truth. Obviously, Rooney himself in his later years declined. He moved to Everton. He moved to Derby. You know, he recognized that his skill set was falling off and he, he, he knew when, when to drop off. Uh, and he talked about the criticism and Ronaldo said something along the lines, I am... Uh, not verbatim quoting him here, but Rooney and 
the rats in the press, the rest of the rats. And to use that word about Wayne Rooney is just a a former teammate of his, someone who's not even gone personal with Ronaldo, is just talking about football. Mm. Really uncalled for. Uncalled for. And again, in a kind of Freudian way, it gives you a, a bit more of an insight into his mind, doesn't it? About what he thinks about people. You know, to talk about the gutter press and how awful the press is in terms of the machine around himself and football, and then do your interview with the people that you're doing your interview with, that in itself is strange, isn't it? From going talking about the press and then going to the kind of red top gutter press in the tabloids. That's really, really interesting that he thinks that's a good platform for him to get across his point. But talking about Wayne Rooney, you know, Wayne didn't say anything that was particularly controversial. He kind of talked more about age and he he said it again. We'll talk obviously about what his response has been uh, today around the interview. Um, But he kind of in one breath said, didn't he, that did he talk about Wayne Rooney and kids playing together, like originally in the first interview, you know, that and then in the next breath said, he's not my friend, you know, referring to himself and Gary Neville. So that's okay. But again, it's just so contradictory, isn't it? To be able to kind of say that. And then in the second interview, to refer to all of his ex-teammates, we're talking about respect. This whole thing is supposed to be about my lack of respect. People don't respect me, but you're a rat. What are you on? What are you on, mate? That cannot be something that you think is normal and good. So he thinks that people are against him. And that's something which he professed and proclaimed massively throughout both of the interviews. Um, Obviously, I I said to you off air, it was heavily edited. You could see it was a copy and paste edit put together to be as sensational as possible. But to call Wayne Rooney that and and to really defame a lot of his teammates in that manner... It's unacceptable. And I, I don't understand how Cristiano on one hand could say, respect me. But yeah, on the other hand, yeah. then throw out an incredible amount of disrespect in front of a journalist who specializes in disrespect. So it, it kind of all stank, didn't it? The whole thing was strange. And the content of it was like everything and nothing. It was all hot air, but lots of stuff to break down. And, you know, Scott, you and me would rather be talking, wouldn't we, about a World Cup coming up and players you know, our players from Manchester United and what they're going to do. But what are we doing? We're talking about him. And he says, oh, everyone talks about me. Well, you're making it about you. We have to talk about you and address the elephant in the room. So uh, I've, I've got it in front of me now. This is what uh, Piers Morgan, again, you, you talked about Piers Morgan and Piers Morgan leading him down a path. So Piers Morgan told Ronaldo that having as many pounds in the bank as his record 497 million Instagram followers would give Rooney reason to hate him more. He responded by insinuating that his former teammate was vermin. Well, not only him, imagine the rest of the rats that criticise me too. And that second where Piers Morgan puts that in his mouth, where Piers Morgan says the words, Wayne Rooney might hate you more, that's when Ronaldo, like a normal human being, should go, well, well, Piers, no, 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 no. I've got a gripe with him in football but I've got no gripe with him when it comes personally and all of this. Wayne Rooney is a multi-multi-millionaire. Wayne Rooney's not worried. He's not exactly poor. He's not exactly looking at Cristiano going, oh, I wish I had your half a billion quid. Wayne's probably got about half of that or more than that anyway. He's a very rich individual. But it shouldn't be about that, should it? Like Again, that is that is a journalist or an interviewer. I don't want to call him a journalist. But an interviewer putting those words in Cristiano's mouth and Cristiano accepting it and then 
making it even worse by calling him a rat. So I don't know, like, where, like, how do you, how do you get away from that? How do you like now position yourself away from those words? Because Wayne Rooney, I think, showed a lot of decorum in both of his interviews, and Wayne's not famous for decorum. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I would. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if, uh, if they were face to face, and if Cristiano did call Wayne a rat to his face. I wonder how that would go. Um, no, of course, though, there, there were other uh, criticisms of Rooney regarding how uh, ugly versus handsome Ronaldo is compared to Rooney. And, and a lot just... of that, more than I was comfortable with. Yeah, uh, Rooney has responded anyway. He, he was at an awards ceremony, I believe, the Globe Soccer Awards in Dubai. And I think Ronaldo actually has some part to do with this. I'm not entirely sure. I think... I, I, need, I do need to check that, but maybe you can tell me in the comments. Uh, he was asked uh, by CNN, I believe, uh, for his thoughts on the Ronaldo interview. Well, listen, Cristiano Ronaldo is a fantastic player. And as I've said before, he and Messi are the two best players probably to play the game. And again, it's not a criticism. What I've said is age comes to all of us. And Cristiano is obviously feeling now that he's finally had to deal with that. He also said, obviously, he's done an interview and it's gone global and it's strange. Some of the comments are strange, which they are. Uh, but I'm sure Manchester United will deal with it once they've seen the full interview and they will take whatever action they need to take. Dignified response from Rooney. Very dignified. And also, as I said, coming from a guy that, again, in his late 20s when he'd do interviews, I would be critical of him and say, you know, choose your words wisely, Wayne, because I used to think that sometimes he did shoot from the hip a lot and 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 sometimes looked a little bit silly, not from the content of what he would say, but maybe the subject matter and how he would phrase stuff. But I think he's looked at that and he will be bemused because if it is true that, say, their kids have played together and that was kind of insinuated by Ronaldo in the interview, that kind of have met up and they've had those moments, that this is someone that you do actually know, like someone that you might text or someone you might have contact with loosely. And here they are going on a huge platform talk TV trying to build their subscribers and build their image themselves and using this moment and saying something like that about someone who is like Ronaldo said, you know, he's my colleague and also referred to, to, uh, to Gary Neville as my colleague, but they were your friends. We absolutely know that you were friends with all of these people. So it's now, isn't it? You're either my friend because you back me up and you tell me that you love me or you're not my friend because you've criticised my football. It's strange. Like, if you live your life like that, you're never going to get anywhere, are you? Yeah, Cristiano is going to be a billionaire probably for the rest of his life in years to come. And this is how he chooses to live. This is how he chooses to judge people around him. So it's given us a real insight, I think, into his psyche more than the actual content of what came out of his mouth. Yeah, obviously, uh, you mentioned there about former players and this kind of thing. No, noticeably, Roy Keane and Rio Ferdinand, who have uh, notoriously failed to criticise Ronaldo in any way, shape or form over the past year, were afforded not com well, compliments, perhaps. They, they certainly didn't get any criticism because they've been on Ronaldo's side. He said he mm. looked up to those kinds of players. Uh, but, I mean... I, I look at Gary Neville and, uh, well, I, I suppose Wayne Rooney and the things that he said, at least he's talking what he feels and the truth. And he's not trying to protect one of his friends, which is what some uh, Man United and, and just general uh, pundits in general have been criticised for in the past. 
and I think it's something that we all get criticised for. Like, again, with favouritism, and this is why when I'm at the top of the show, I said kind of looking at this from a broader palette about how strange the world is today, you know, how things are expected that you can behave like a child in front of a camera and people respect you for that, or you expect respect back. I think kind of when you look at these things, that we want football pundits to talk in football sense. Don't we? we want you to actually explain why you think something and we want it to gear back to sport. No offence to Rio and no offence to Roy Keane and no offence to any of those guys. But when you listen to the content of what they've said, a lot of it is nonsensical. So they're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo like he is still at the apex of his career. They talk about it. Roy Keane especially has said, oh, yeah, I think Ronaldo should start every game. And I think he's better than anything United have got. And yet the stats and the facts do not say that. That is a completely made up animated opinion isn't it because he's mates with Ronaldo one of the things Ronaldo did say was that he thinks that people in general talk about him because it sells and that's how it is well we're going to talk about the football side of it aren't we because that's important to us we want to be able to assess and talk about why Manchester United have been good or bad and he's part of that and that's the only reason why we talk about him. Like we've said on our previous show, wouldn't it be great the day we don't have to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo anymore in the same way we did with Paul Pogba. So I think that that this is kind of like Ronaldo's last stand. Like he thinks I've got to have the last word on this and I'll do this and I'll go to the World Cup. And he even said it, didn't he? I think I'm going to have a great World Cup. I'm as fit as I've ever been. Cristiano, I've watched you on that football pitch at Old Trafford. You are not as fit as you've ever been. You limp around, you run 10 metres and then you blow and you're like, oh, you're getting older. It's OK. You can admit it. But of course, in that interview, it felt like a whitewashing, didn't it? It felt like, let's just revise everything and tell you the world of Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's all that matters, because my opinion is right and your opinion is wrong. Yeah, Ronaldo's also revealed he turned down uh, and confirmed that that £350 million Saudi Arabia offer came yeah. in. But obviously, it's not about the money, so he didn't take it, you know. Uh, well, what, well, we'll see where uh, where he ends up in January. Can I talk um, about that just for you? Yeah, you of course. Of so so we, we, we knew about that. We knew about the, the Saudi Arabian bid. We knew about the offers that were on the table. So I don't want to talk about why and how we know. So when it came to about the Ronaldo one with Saudi Arabia and it felt at one stage that he would take that offer. Yeah. Cause it was a huge offer, like eye watering money. The whole point of it was, is that he still believed 100% that he could get himself a more credible cl club. That's what it came down to. And that offer is still on the table. So let's see where we go from here because he really wanted to push that. Didn't he in the interview that, I had loads of offers and, you know, and this, that's not true. He didn't have loads of offers. There was lots of inquiries, including before he came to Manchester United, Manchester City. People at Manchester City will tell you something slightly different to Ronaldo's truth around that deal. Ronaldo says it was close. People on, on the blue side will tell you that it wasn't close. There was, there was lots of talks. And we knew those talks were going on because we were reporting them. So I, I think that he's, I think Ronaldo, to kind of phrase a lot of this stuff and around the Saudi Arabian bid, this is why I said to you before, I think that he might still take that bid eventually. Because when you've got nothing anymore, like now major clubs are going to look at this interview and say, do we want this agitator? The whole thing the last few days about Bayern Munich, again, has been completely blown up out of nothing. People in Germany are like, 
what? I think Bayern are going to take him after this. <laughs> so, but not just that. It's like he just openly said he does not believe in coaches that press. He's kind of said it in those way, you know, without with being as direct as he can. I don't think that's going to work very well with Nagelsmann. So these things are about football. Again, we kind of look at it from that point. But from the other side of it, which isn't football, which is kind of like sociology, you look at kind of Cristiano. Why would Bayern Munich take him? It makes no sense because he'd sit on their bench like he sits on Man United's bench. So I think that's where it will come down to is that he will do well at the World Cup. I said this as well. I think he will score goals. I think he'll, I don't see him going out as a damp squib. I think he'll, he'll want to make a point and he'll hang around the goal, but uh, around the box and score some goals. But I don't think it will trigger any additional interest from major football clubs. Uh, he has admitted uncertainty over his Man United future after the World Cup. He's also said Eric Ten Hag provoked him, or did Piers Morgan say that? And he just agreed with it. I'm, I can't entirely remember. But yeah, he was provoked to leave the Tottenham game early. He was not brought on against Man City during the thumping that Man United got that day. And he was annoyed about that, even though he, even Ronaldo, his very greatest, would not have turned that game around let alone at 37. But then the moment he is introduced to a win or where United have just absolutely outplayed Tottenham to the point where, yeah, this is this is a great night all round for United. Do you want to yeah. be a part of it? No, I don't come on with three minutes to go. That's disrespectful. I was amazing. provoked. So he, I think so he leaves amazing. early and he didn't even want to say that he regrets it. That's the key because he kind of, he did, but he didn't. Yeah. He half apologised again because Piers Morgan said, do you feel bad about that? And he was kind of like, mm, yes, I do feel bad about it. I probably shouldn't have done it. And then he kind of said, I'm not quite sure if I'm sorry. It's kind of what he said. But that's when he's made the point, but I was provoked by Ten Hag. So the provoke word came out of his mouth. And I think the rest of it, the kind of modelling around the incident came from Piers Morgan. So Piers Morgan has kind of said, oh, I didn't know any of this before I asked these questions. But it was quite clear that you, it had been talked about beforehand and you knew what to ask and you knew how to ask it to be able to get the kind of answer you wanted. But to say you're provoked by a manager because he doesn't pick you and then spend a, quite a long period in these interviews talking about the reasons, the football reasons why that is, and not being able to give clarity. There was no clarity in what he said about he was provoked by Ten Hag. I would have then said, tell me, what was the provocation? Well, the provocation seems to be that Ten Hag doesn't think that you're pressing the system. And you have said that, what was a quote on the first day about managers and Coca-Cola and finding, you know, to find out new ideas. You know, yeah, it, know. it's like getting the last Coca-Cola can and all of this stuff. And what he's trying to say there is, is that, you know, that, that things change and managers have ideas, but I don't agree with them. OK, that's fine. But then you've got to go somewhere else where someone agrees with you, you know, where someone thinks that you will do it and you couldn't find anyone in summer except a really big consortium in Saudi Arabia. That's the truth. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of things were said, but he didn't have any justification with a lot of it, Scott. And I think that he just spent both interviews showing a lot of disrespect to the club, to the fans, to keep saying the fans are on my side. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's not true, Christiane. If you believe that, you will have a pocket that are on your side and a totally, we all agree with you about the glazers. We totally all agree with you, but we know why you're saying it. We know you're saying it because you're trying to be an agitator. You're trying to create a situation that benefits yourself. Yeah, I think that that's my that's my takeaway from this. I mean, we spoke, spoke about it off air, Rob. Um, I think he's trying to be the hero in his own mind, you, you know, I don't think he's really that bothered about the fans, even though he does, he no. says that he does, but he, you can tell this interview and like all of the things that he's bothered by is the fact that even though he denies it, people are criticizing him. I'm not bothered by the critics. Well, why are you talking about the critics then? If, if you weren't bothered, you would not be even addressing it. You would not be doing this interview. You know, you would not be name checking Gary Neville, Wayne Rooney, Eric Ten Hag or what, all of these different people. It's a tabloid list, isn't it? I've got a list of all these gripes and I'll talk about them all. But from my point of view, because he kept saying that, didn't he? There's two points of view. There's my view and then there's the world. You know, And the whole thing about the fans is that if you cared about the fans, then go and clap the away fans at every game. Yeah, you don't do that. You walk off and you don't even look at them. So like, there's, there's this weird kind of thing about the fans have to love Cristiano unconditionally. But Cristiano can just do what he wants because he's the greatest footballer of all time. I think Ronaldo sees that there. Obviously, he's he said enough. Uh, I think why it's quite remarkable this interview. In well, this is one of the reasons why it's quite remarkable is, is because he's talked about his employers and hmm. the fact that they don't run the club properly and they will take years to get back to where Man United should be. Yeah, and the facilities are awful in comparison to where they were when he left you know, in 2009. I think he wanted to do that because he he craves that admiration so much from a certain section of the fans so he mm. can feel like he's loved. Yeah, But he's also known that if I'm going to do that, I, there's no way I can stay here, even though yeah. he's said a part of, I'll get into his quotes in a second. Uh, but he's basically said that about the Glazers, maybe I can be the guy that makes Man United fix because I'm the one who has enough power from inside to change it. But I know that if I'm saying this, then there's no way that I'm going to stay. So he has to criticize Ten Hag. He has to criticize all these other people and make his position untenable. But in five years time, Man United fans can go if they, if they recover. Oh, remember that Ronaldo interview? Because people fixed Man United. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a power grab. I totally agree with that 100%. Because I think that's that's what I got from the interview as a takeaway is that, is that he could have said things in a certain way which would have led more to more sympathy from the likes of us. Like we would have gone, actually, yeah, I'm glad he said that. One of the comparisons I've seen a lot was, you know, when David Beckham against AC Milan, when he was playing for Milan, the Champions mm-hmm. League picked up the green and gold and put it around his neck and walked off. Now, I was there we lost it. When he did that and picked it up and put it around his neck, 
because that was right in the heights of some of the protests. And all United fans that night were like, Becks! David Beckham has come out many times since and said, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just thought it was United, uh, United uh, scarf and I put it round me. And now we can all debate, yeah, you do know what the green and gold is. Surely you're, you're a Man United fan too. But that moment was diluted because Beck's kind of admitted it later on. Now, this is the whole thing about, about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is that to, to do it with your current employers is, is a powerful statement, but it's why you're doing it. Why are you actually saying it at this moment of time? And that's what that's what we keep coming back to. And again, some of the stuff he said, like, oh, the Glazers don't care. There, there was nothing more than that. He didn't actually give proper good examples why they don't care. We know they don't care. We 100% know that. So you're inside the football club. Give us some insight onto it, why you think they don't care. Because the jacuzzi is the same jacuzzi that you sat in when you were 20 years old is not a reason why people care or not. That's not true. We know the training ground now. £200 million has been put into that training ground on Ten Hag's say-so because that's what they have to do to modernise. We know that, that we know the stadium will probably get revamped or knocked down in the next five or ten years. But none of these things actually prove that the owners care. If you think that, tell us why you think that. And and he didn't. He didn't really give us. He talked. He talked about the structure. I guess that that's the that's the only thing. But the structure talk- has changed in the last year. He said there's been zero progress since Fergie left, and we all know that, and we agree with that. But again, if you're inside the dressing room, you're inside Manchester United, because this is what he was trying to trying to hint at. Oh, you don't see what we see at Carrington. That's what he was saying. It's like, well, we do. Because there's plenty of people and journalists at Carrington. We see all these things and we know a lot of this stuff and people do talk. So Cristiano might think that no one knows anything about anything and only he does. But it's not true. If you believe that, Cristiano, come out and be really documented about what you mean. Instead, it was just, again, feelings. Oh, I know. I feel, you know, nothing has improved. Are you telling me you didn't do any due diligence before you signed on the dotted line with these owners? You came to Man United and nothing's improved, but you didn't know until you walked back in through the door from Juventus. Is that clever? It doesn't work like that. So I don't know. A lot of that stuff, as I said, you're right. I think in five, ten years' time, people will look back and go, oh, do you remember when Cristiano called out the Glazers? And that's going to be the the YouTube video title forever, isn't it? That will be it, you know. Ronaldo if if Man United miraculously turn around now under Eric Ten Hag in the next three years and they get competing for titles again... You can see this little YouTube compilation of like that begins with Ronaldo saying this about the Glazers, and then mm. you, you know, and this this was the spark that turned everything around. Even though the they TikTok. put stuff in place, yeah, already, totally. and the fact that they're trying to move Ronaldo out is a signifier that they're already turning direction and they're already changing direction. It's just Ronaldo Completely. is too naive to know <laughs> that. Or he did say at one point. He did say at one point actually. Oh well, if if I have to go, then then so be it. That's what the club decides. But why are you making such a big fuss about it then? Exactly. Or as I said, choose your moment. So like, I I think has he, had he really focused the whole interview on his feelings about ownership and maybe the lack of progress since Fergie left, and that's cool. But he didn't, did he? He wanted to make it personal against people that he doesn't now like because they've talked against him, against the manager because the manager thinks that he can't run as much as some of the other players. And just the general disrespect to the Manchester United squad in general. Like Again, said he, he talked about, like, talk about Jogger Delo. And Jogger Delo, up until very recently, has been pretty rubbish. In recent times, he's done well. We know that. We've highlighted it. He's improved as a footballer. But 
when Ronaldo was asked, which one of your teammates do you think is, you know, are good and, you know, are going to push on? He could only mention Delo because he's his mate, because they're friends. And then he mentioned Martinez and Casemiro in a kind of two-second soundbite. He didn't mention anyone else at Manchester. I didn't mention Garnacho. Why did you not mention Garnacho? This is a guy that you've been pictured cuddling and training. And, you know, this is Ronaldo Mark II. You could have said those things, wouldn't it, uh, Scott? But why did he not say them? It doesn't sell. It doesn't get his point across. All he's trying to do is set fire to things and then allow them to burn as he pours the petrol on top. So Ronaldo was asked about whether he would stay. He says, it's difficult to tell. My focus is on the World Cup. It's probably my last World Cup. I don't know what will happen after. He also said he wants to play for another two years until he's 40. Uh, But the fans will always be in my heart, and I hope the fans will be on my side whether I'm back or not. He then went on to say, maybe it will be be good for Manchester and probably good for me to have a new chapter. If I come back, I'll be the same Cristiano, but I hope people will be on my side and let me shine like I did at other clubs. Oh. That that last bit, I hadn't actually that <laughs> that didn't register <laughs> with me before. Let me shine like I did at other clubs. How how do United react to this then, Rob? What do you want to see out of Man United here? Well, it's either going to go one or two ways, isn't it? So we've both said that we we believe that he probably should be dismissed. Um, there there are lots of contractual issues in this about what constitutes gross misconduct, what doesn't. I think the main thing here is, and the big question is you went and did this interview really when you should have been on duty. Manchester United were playing Aston Villa and really at that point in that week, because we know that's kind of when it was filmed, that that you absconded, that you called in sick. And of course you called in sick as well with Portugal the other day as well when he didn't want to obviously be on camera. Um, so I think that's one thing that Manchester United now need to work out and work out very, very quickly. But I think overall, the whole point is that even if you don't sack him and you don't really throw the book at him, you've got to get rid of him. Whatever it takes now, Manchester United have to have a show, a show of strength here. And I and I don't think, even though we all we all don't like the Glazers, we all have nothing, like people say to me all the time, oh, Glazer apologist, Glazer apologist. No, we just try and call it as factual. I actually think Joel Glazer is going to take this very badly. I think Joel Glazer will want to do something publicly around it because that's how it goes, you know, like they're they're going to want to defend their position, aren't they, as businessmen? So I think that's where it will go next. Um, The one thing I really hope doesn't happen is that he ever wears our shirt again. He does not deserve to wear our shirt again. He doesn't. Like, we talk about the fables of Manchester United, the history, the legendary footballers. This bloke does not deserve to be on our football pitch again at Old Trafford. And like I said in the last show, I think that if he wasn't in front of the Stratford end now, he would know all about fandom, how fans feel about it. Because, you know, just because he's got half a half a billion uh, uh, Instagram followers doesn't actually mean that half a billion all love you, Cristiano. You're just a piece of media that they follow and they like your photos. You're a star. So I don't know. I think he's not stupid as well, Scott. I think he totally understands how it all works. But it's also easy to play on it, isn't it? In a chair in front of Piers Morgan. You could say, I love the fans, I love the fans. Well, you're not showing that you love the fans, not at all. And you're not actually helping the fans. A lot of Man United fans will have been traumatised this week by all of this. And Cristiano does not care about that one bit. Yes, United need to act decisively. They really do. There's part of me that thinks maybe if this was the old Man United, they'd try and play this out, see if anybody wants to pick him up for a few million quid to take the wages off. But I mean, 
they, they he has to be suspended at the very minimum. Uh, I think most are probably calling for termination of his contract, and whether United mm-hmm. have to can do that without uh, financial penalty or whatever. I think that's probably the the important thing here, and the yeah. thing that will probably end up taking the most amount of time. Uh, and I don't know exactly how long these things take. Yeah, and he he also very specifically, without saying his name, aimed some of the fire at Richard Arnold and John Murto. He talked about executives, so they're the only two executives around Carrington, like whoever there. There's, there's none of the board are ever at Carrington. It's just those two. So uh, it now also depends about how Richard Arnold sees this, because we we know that Richard Arnold is an individual as well, likes a good power play likes to kind of show that's why he turned up at a pub and talked to a load of Man United fans who really probably shouldn't as the CEO of Man United. Like, you don't have to do it like that. You could have just done it in an interview and been kind of outward about it. But he kind of himself likes to shoot from the hip. So I think that we'll see that that, that hierarchy kind of spring into action now. Because I think they'd also now, Scott, want to defend Eric Ten Hag. They're, they've given Ten Hag an incredible amount of power behind the scenes. They don't want to seem weak for that, you know, they, they've they've put their money on that bet on on Ten Hag, and Ten Hag is kind of coming through at the moment. I read one prominent pundit say, um, without naming them, said, "Oh, now United fans they suddenly all love Ten Hag, and this is what this is about. They love Ten Hag, and they've forgotten about what Cristiano's done for them." It makes me go like that, kind of like, no, that's not how it goes at all. So. I think, let's see, I, th- I think that United from the core of the football club in Manchester and in London, those two factions now, the, the business side of the, of the, of the fo- and the football side will come together and they'll want to make some kind of unified approach to backing Ten Hag publicly against Ronaldo. Because let's be honest, there is no value now in keeping Ronaldo or agreeing with anything Ronaldo says because he's not going to sell your shirts next year. He's not going to help you with your Adidas deal. He's gone out the door. And it's just how Juventus people said it would go. They said this, they mm-hmm. went, it will blow up and he will leave and he will forget about you and you'll be a footnote. And I think that's how it will be. And I think that's probably how it should be. Well, even this is levels above uh, that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. This, this is just uh, unlike anything I've ever really seen before. United, What what one thing that has positively come out of this is that Ronaldo is in a position now which is pretty much untenable at United. And Eric Ten Hag's position, once he leaves, is solidified and strengthened completely. We believe in you, Eric. This is the way that you're going to do things. Let's get behind you. And I suppose if enough time goes past, if they act decisively now, United don't have to look back. This doesn't have to hang over them over the World Cup. They don't have to have Ronaldo questions. Oh, so Cristiano, after after Portugal play Uruguay, you're going to stay at United? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Nip it in the bud, get rid of him, uh, and move on. Eric, let Eric Ten Hag get on with his job. It's, it's been obvious this has needed to happen for some time. Perhaps the timing isn't optimal. Maybe this should have been done in the summer, but at the same time, you can't go back and change that now. You can't go back and fix it. So just act decisively now and set an example and a tone moving forward. Totally. And I think that because, you know, as I just said, I think it's a power grab from Cristiano. He's trying to grab the narrative at the very least. He knows that he's not going to get the things he wants from Manchester United. You as a football club must take that power back as quick as possible and as publicly and as kind of 
completely conclusively as you can do it do it as quick as you can and be firm and be and back your manager because that's the irony of all of this isn't it is that sir alex ferguson once said on a football pitch in front of all of us now it's your turn to back your manager and i think that's the truth now with man united fans and with eric ten hag eric ten hag has proven very very quickly that he's more than competent to do this job and that his heart's in the right place he's trying to make the correct decisions and he's trying to do it in a way that all the previous Man United managers before him up to Fergie just didn't do. You know, we talk about respect. It reminded me of uh, of um, uh, Jose Mourinho sat in a press conference shouting at Jamie Jackson, going, respect, man, respect, respect. Yeah. And the thing is, when people shout respect at you, it's normally because they're giving you disrespect, normally. So I think when you look at Cristiano's words and the, the kind of, when you add it all together... There is a big lack of respect, obviously, to Manchester United as a football club. And I think the board will feel that that is their justification to take full action with him and move him on. And maybe Manchester United will go a little bit Hollywood and go, well, do you know what? We're now going to explain our side of the story. Do, do you know, I, I was thinking of tweeting this last night. That if Man United love social media engagements. Why don't you just stick Eric Ten Hag in front of a camera and live stream him sacking Ronaldo? Well, what did they do yesterday? <laughs> yeah, what did they do? When all of this was breaking, we knew obviously it was coming up. They started putting out interviews on the social media channels of Marcus Rashford talking about the club and about stuff and how good stuff is now and you know what he had to do before and how bad it was before and all this the machine is working behind the scenes. Like, well, let's be honest, we know Manchester United are just as, as as in the middle of that as Cristiano Ronaldo is. We do understand that's how it works. But I do think that Man United might go a little bit more sensationalist themselves and say, hang on a second, we could just put a statement out or we're now going to do you an exclusive interview of Eric Ten Hag. Here we go. We're going to do it on MUTV. We're going to allow our manager to have right of reply to this player. Now, I don't think, Eric Ten Hag would do anything like Ronaldo. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, well, you say it's not going to happen, but it would not surprise me. Because obviously, they're going to Spain, aren't they? And there will be a presser out there at some point, and these questions will be put forward. And Manchester United will want to control that narrative in the way that Cristiano's trying to control his. Mm. So that's coming, and that's only, I think, 7th of December. I think the Cadiz game, I think it is. So we have got a bit of a space between like here and then. And obviously, we'll probably do a show on that if that happens in the middle of a kind of World Cup. But I think that Eric Ten Hag won't want to have his say. But Man United might say to him, no, we've got to say something now. And it's got to come from the horse's mouth. It can't just come centrally from the Glazers. Because, again, people hate the Glazers. So whatever Joel Glazer says, he might he will only say for himself. We don't really care about Joel Glazer, do we? You know, But we do care about Eric Ten Hag. So I think Man United, for the effect of that, might go that route. Who knows? I, I think Eric Ten Hag has got right to reply on this because the, the player has made it very personal about the manager and and said some things which I think are categorically false. And I think that will need to be addressed. We await Manchester United's response. Uh, we will see, hopefully, as we say, they will react pretty swiftly to this and decisively uh, to draw a line in the sand, I guess, and end this chapter it's a dumpster fire of an interview for me. That's what I called it yesterday. It's mm. just, I've never seen anything like it, but Cristiano Ronaldo has now had his say. Manchester United have to deal with it effectively. Rob, uh, we'll wrap up shortly. Any final thoughts? Because uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it might be a little while before we're back, a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, a, a little bit of tinge of sadness now at the end of this week, because as I said, I think we've all gone through the emotions of, oh my God, this is bizarre. This is horrible. Oh, that bit's interesting. Oh, he's talked about the Glazers. Oh, et cetera, et cetera. But I think now we've kind of come into the end of this week and we've got a World Cup now on us. Is that it's kind of just a little bit sad that he felt that to sit down with Piers Morgan, who we can question till we're blue in the face about his media and about why he does stuff, to choose that format, you know, we didn't even talk about the Jordan Peterson stuff and like, you know, talk about his admiration for certain people. And you can say to yourself, why are you saying this, Cristiano? It's not up to us to say why he's saying that. But you look at these things and they are, they just don't sit right, do they? And there was a lot of this interview, I think, at the end of the day, that in the future, Scott, when we're chatting about this and discussing it, we'll look back and we'll just say, that just doesn't seem right. Why did he say that at that time, all that stuff? Because I think it does taint his legacy. And I've seen more than enough Man United fans who, who I respect who've all said that. They've gone, yeah, we all hate the Glazers, but Cristiano has done it. He's absolutely burnt all of us. I think that's the overriding feeling. There was a poll. Oh, can we talk about polls just before we go? My poll, which I talked about in the last one, which was 90-10 in favour of Ten Hag, got absolutely sabotaged. And ended up with Ronaldo, United fans loving Ronaldo. And then Athletic did exactly the same poll yesterday. And it was 90-10 to, to Manchester United. Obviously, fans against Ronaldo's opinion on all of this stuff. So, so a little bit of justification there. But overall, I do think the United fans are pretty unified on this. And it's that they want to see their team play good football. And they want to back Eric Ten Hag. And, you know, viva Ganacho, viva Eric Ten Hag. And I think the Man United fans are fully behind those players and those people at the football club. Well, you say not. that. I'm looking at my Twitter replies now and I'm getting a few, which... Uh... But you will. Like, that's the, that's <laughs> the, that's Twitter in a nutshell, isn't it? That's that's how it is. As I said, the minority shout the loudest on Twitter. They're the most vocal and they're also the most aggressive. So you, that's what we notice, isn't it? And it, it takes years. You know, I've been on Twitter nearly 15 years and I've learned over that time to, to now kind of filter that out and go, well, a lot of that is the noise factor. Whereas... Five years, six years ago, I used to get upset by that stuff, Scott. I'd look at it and someone said to me the other day, they went, oh, you like Eric Ten Hag because you're bald and he's bald and that's what it is and shame on you and Cristiano's the greatest player of all time. That is like the typical Twitter playground, isn't it? Oh, yes, I'm me. bald and that's how I make my football judgments. I only like bald people in football. Zinedine Zidane, love him, didn't care about his football just because he's bald. So all of this stuff is noise. And we have to move away from it, don't we? We have to kind of look through those things because that noise will always persist. Yes. Goodness me. What a week this has been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I say, uh, Rob, we will... Uh, we're taking a little break because I'm, I'm off to Qatar to watch Wales and a number of other teams at the World Cup. Uh, I'll be back at the start of December and... Well, we'll see. Maybe I get extended. I I'm not entirely sure yet, but uh, that means the show is having a little break because obviously Man United aren't going to play a game for a month or so yet. Uh, but there's going to be stuff behind the scenes. And if there's just, if there's something that we just cannot miss, uh, we'll find a way to do it. But I'm just going to turn my focus as the football world is going to, to the World Cup. For now, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show. Uh, we'll be back Tuesdays and Fridays in a few weeks' time. Maybe there'll be a random episode dropped in into your inbox or into your podcast feed at some point 
in the time in between. Rob, thanks very much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We will do more Promised Land Manchester United talk very soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.